Hello, and welcome to Glory Be, interesting people and how they pray. Each week, we chat with interesting people about their lives, their work, and how they pray. I'm Sharon Hanish. And I'm Mike Malcolm. Our guest today is Mr. Jim Bryan. He's the owner of Catholic Book and Gift Store here in Tulsa. Jim grew up in Tulsa and graduated from Madison High School. He attended Tulane University for one year and graduated from the University of Tulsa with a degree in business. Jim grew up Presbyterian and joined the Catholic Church in 1983, but more about that later. Jim and his wife, Carol, are parishioners at the Church of St. Benedict for, gosh, many years. And 38. 38 years. And here's an interesting part of Jim's story. He's owned Catholic Book and Gift for 21 years. Over 21 years. Wow. Uh, Jim and Carol have been married for 44 years. They've got three kids and one grandchild. And if you know, if you're a parishioner at the Church of St. Mary, you know Mr. Alan Bryan. This is his dad. So. <laughs> welcome, <laughs> welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. That's great. Well, 21 years with Catholic Book and Gift. So for those who don't know Catholic Book and Gift, um, it's a, a Tulsa staple. And what can you buy there at Catholic Book and Gift? All things Catholic, I yeah? suppose. Um, we we have a, an array of books um, from classic Catholic books to new Catholic books to, I mean, just all types and we still are ordering more and getting more new ones in and right. so and we place um, personal orders if people don't find what they want we can certainly order it in right now we're concentrating on communions confirmations and easter and holy week and yeah, all, all those that. greeting cards all those for, greeting cards yeah. and gifts for for people coming into the church and all of that. So yes, it's been it's pretty where, inclusive. It's always where I go when mm, I have yeah. a first communion or yeah. Yeah. gift to purchase. We, we have we have lots of inventory. So and we still, even though we have lots of inventory, we still somehow don't satisfy all of the needs. Right. So we have to order right. stuff for people. Yes, but yeah. we do that. So yeah. that's good. Necklaces. Oh yeah, and lots of rosaries. statues uh-huh. and holy cards. Mm-hmm. And, and you expanded the store yes. just recently. Yeah, about a year and a half ago, we. Um, we talk about a leap of faith. Yeah. Um, we, the salon next door to us left during COVID and left the space empty. And our landlord wanted to, he tried to uh, um, lease it right. to another salon, but had found no takers. And so we had asked for a small space for extra storage in the store anyway. And I think that was going to happen. But, um, then after a while, he said, well, how about you all take the whole thing? Yeah. Uh, and so my wife and he talked, and we negotiated a deal, and so we're in there. It's a little more expense, but again, it's it's given us more space to actually display our books a lot better. And now we can show off our T-shirts and Saint socks and different things that we've got now that uh, have become... Uh, those socks in particular are big, yeah. big items. That's a big deal. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Do you have a website? We do. It's uh, c- uh, Our website is uh, Catholic Book, one book, and gifts, plural, dot com. Okay. okay. Well, we can put a link to that. It'll one. be in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Well, tell me, how did you come to own a Catholic bookstore? Um, I don't 
<laughs> it's the Holy Spirit, I suppose. Um, we we were, um, of course, Deacon Lee Ellis was a deacon at our church at St. Benedict, and he was the previous owner of the store, and he uh, suddenly died one night and of a heart attack. And uh, so uh, we thought the family would continue to own the, the store, and uh, we found out that they were going to sell it. So we put our kind of our offer in, and, and my my daughter had told me when during the funeral time of Deacon Lee, she said, "But they're not going to keep. You need to do that." Wow. So I said, "Well, okay." What were you doing at that time? What was your career? Um, I well, when I got out of college, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of people that, in that vein, but I I really didn't. So my family own the Anheuser-Busch distributorship here in Tulsa. So I thought, well, I'll go into the family business. And I did that for 12 years or something. Yeah. In fact, when I got married, I left Tulsa on our honeymoon, employed by Brian and Sons. And when I came back, I was employed by Anheuser-Busch. Hmm. So they, <laughs> they, had, they had bought us yeah. out. So anyway, I started there. And then from there, uh, I in fact, part of the, my story is yeah. that we I went to Oklahoma City and accepted a job there as a personnel director for the beer distributorship there. So um, I did that for a couple of years, and of course, Carol and I are both from Tulsa, so we got homesick, I guess, or whatever, and came back. But while I was in Oklahoma City, that's where I joined the church. Okay. Well, so, I'm curious about that, because I don't know the whole story. Yeah. So... Presbyterian boy meets Catholic girl. Yeah. Tell me about yeah. that. Well, the, <laughs> that we met on a blind date yeah. at a, a softball party hmm. that we had at the lake. Yeah. And the couple that introduced us said, oh, come on, let, I, I want to bring a friend, you know. So they did. And that's my now my wife of 43 plus years. And um, so... The way all of that kind of transpired was that a year, one year after we met, we were married. Oh, gosh. And uh, we were married in the Catholic Church. Monsignor Finn married us, and I had told him that there was no way I was ever going to be Catholic. And I'm sure that he didn't accept that, of course. Uh, thank God. Um, and in the meantime, we had lots of things happen. One of the things that happened that really drew me closer to the church was the fact that we went to both churches. We went to the Catholic Mass, we went to breakfast, and then we went to my Presbyterian church. I heard the exact same readings every time we did that. Mm. And I thought, what is that? You know, get the wheels turning yeah. a little bit. Then um, when I found out that that was a, I mean, that was kind of a thing, and then, uh, then we moved to Oklahoma City and... In the meantime, we, of course, got married and, and went on our honeymoon. And when I, I had a vision on the honeymoon, I, had, I saw an image of Jesus on the window, if you will, the very dark window, and an image of the devil, which I perceived uh -huh. to be the devil. He disappeared very quickly. Thank you. And uh, then Jesus was there with his hands out and all of that. And later on in... I talked to a priest who said he thought he knew what that meant. Yeah. And he said, you're being married in the Catholic Church was your first step toward conversion. Hmm. And Jesus was calling you. Yeah. So that was 
a big deal. Right. That's beautiful. And then when we got, um, we moved to Oklahoma City, and I had no contact really with the Presbyterian Church there. Didn't know anybody anyway. So I went to Mass with my wife, who always invited me but never forced me. Right. It was very important. I'm sure she prayed for me. God bless her. But we went to Mass, and I got to know people there. I got to learn more about the church. I joined RCIA, and four years after we were married, I was Catholic. Wow. What, what tipped the difference? What made you really want to become Catholic? Well, I just learned history. I mean, okay. And, and knowing that this was the church that Jesus established and that the truth of the of what the Catholics really taught rather than what I might have perceived they taught. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, because I had, I guess I had neighbors that were Catholic and they went to this Latin church and they didn't eat meat on Friday. Okay. What is the deal? I yeah. Don't, I don't want to eat that. So anyway, then when I actually found out what the church was about, yeah. a lot of difference. And so the history of the church, the, the knowing that, there was a Christian church all the way through history and not in just 1500 and something. Right. Was probably what did it. And I just found that to be very, and it's been so gratifying and so lovely ever since. That so you I'm, become Catholic and you're in Oklahoma City mm-hmm. and then you come back to Tulsa. What, what brought you, how did you end up getting to come? This was before you had yeah. owned the Catholic Book and Gift Store. Right, yeah, I went... In between the beer business and the Catholic book and gift business, I went into the insurance business. I was, I was, uh, I wanted to come back to Tulsa, and about the only way I knew to do that is to pursue something kind of for myself. And so I, I ended up with the Prudential Life Insurance Company, and, and a good friend of my mom's actually helped me get into that. And uh, God rest his soul. And um, so I was there for. I don't know, 17 years total with Prudential and then the principal life uh, financial group. So, uh, so life insurance and disability insurance. and So when Deacon Ellis died, mm-hmm. you were in the insurance business. I was. And were you feeling like you'd like to try something new? Or was when your daughter suggested it, uh, were you like... It's like, oh. uh, well, I, you know, I had... I had one time mentioned it kind of in jest to Deacon Lee. I said, have you ever thought about franchising the business? Have you ever thought about Because I might want to, you know, look into that. He said, you're nuts. You, you, you're not going to do that, surely. So, you know, I kind of had that in the back of my mind, I suppose. And, uh, but uh, I, I just, um, it just seemed like the thing to do. And it was my, it would be my own business and, and my wife and I were together on it, and the kids are involved. It's a family thing. Yeah. Uh, in fact, Alan, who's now working here, he will eventually someday be the heir apparent, I would assume. Of Catholic Book of and Of Catholic Book and Gift. One so day, you, all this will be yours. <laughs> <laughs> when you moved back to Tulsa, or did you move to, do you live in Broken Arrow? Like, how did you no, end up in Sa- I live in South Tulsa. South but Tulsa. We, we rented a house in Broken Arrow when we moved back. We had a friend that had a house in Broken Arrow, and we rented that house when we moved back to this area. And so we were within walking distance of St. Benedict. And so that's how we got started. 
and we just have chosen not ever to leave. Now, our house now is probably halfway in between St. Benedict and St. Bernard's, but we just decided to stay. Mm-hmm. So, so you've been long-time members of St. Benedict's. 38 years. Yeah, and you've been a cantor for a long time, all of I've that. Been, I've been in the choir for 21 and a half, 20, uh, 21 years. Okay, yeah. yeah, that's a good long time. Have you always had the gift of being able to sing? No. No? No. <laughs> so is it a learned thing? It, well, I I took piano for eight years as a kid. Yeah. yeah. And um, so I can read a little music. I, I'm not, I can't play the piano anymore. But um, so I kind of know how things go. Mm-hmm. But And I sang in, in like sixth grade or something. Yeah. But no, I don't have any, okay. any firm, formal training or anything. And, and it's all... Basically, the choir of St. Benedict and the people there and our former choir director um, had a big influence on my improvement. Now, our current choir director, Joe Fincher, he he has continued that and and allowed me to actually canter. I mean, I've done songs a couple of times now, so I've gotten my voice to where I can at least sing a little bit. I've always kind of fit in. I sing bass. I Mm -hmm. sing low. Yeah. So, um, but it's it's like the choir comes together. Yeah, I mean that's what we do. So, but there's no hiding when you're the cantor. You know, it's not like you've got 15 no. other people that no. you can. No, when you're, I tell you, it's a, it's a different experience. I, I mean, I've been a lector ever yeah. since I became Catholic, but um, that's a little different than actually singing in front of everybody. Yeah, you know, it's the same, but it's different. Right. You know? Yep. Yeah. But. Um, but I've done that twice now, mm-hmm. and so that was my one of my goals was someday to get good enough, hopefully, yeah. to be able to do that. So I you did that twice. Made it to the big leagues. Well, You're a cancer. I don't know. Well, let's talk about your prayer life some, because what motivates a guy to volunteer to be a cantor? It, you've got a devotion to Mass. Right before you came to the, record this podcast, you came right out of daily Mass. mass. Mm-hmm. What's, what does the Mass offer you? Well, it's... You're in the presence of Jesus himself. You're in peace, peaceful atmosphere. It's it's a beautiful way to start your day if you mm-hmm. that's a corny phrase, I suppose. Yeah, but but, but it is and, and I, I don't go to daily mass every day. Yeah. But I have been now for probably ten to fifteen years, uh, one of the lectors at Saint Francis Hospital on now on Friday. Yeah. So that's why I go to mass on Friday, and then I go to I do usually do two masses on Sunday because of the choir. Right. So I love I love to go to mass, uh, communion, of course. When I again learned as a Catholic that that is the real presence of Jesus and not just a symbol of little crackers and juice that we had in the Presbyterian Church. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a beautiful thing, yeah. and, and I I have certain prayers that I do say during mass, especially after receiving communion. I make up prayers too, mm-hmm. so sometimes I'll just pray. And, uh-huh. and I've learned there's a scripture, Philippians four, that says, "Have no anxiety about anything, but in everything through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving make your requests known to God." So I've been focusing on that thanksgiving part a lot because I didn't think I did that very well early on. Um, you said that you grew up Presbyterian. Were you uh, like an active? Was your family active in the church there? Not particularly, no. Okay. Uh, we went to church some. 
I was, I've always been a believer, but then when they, you get to be a teenager and you get into college and let's just, I'll just say that. And, uh, I, I wasn't going to mass. I wasn't going to church. I wasn't going anywhere. I was, I was a believer, but I. So when you met Carol, you really weren't active in your own faith. No, I was, as I like to say, I'm a, I was a non-practicing Presbyterian. Okay. Yes. Believer. But mm-hmm. non practicing, yeah. And it, was her faith important to her at the time? Yeah, she was a uh, she was a RE teacher, young at nineteen or whatever it was, and so she was active at the Church of the Madeline. She worked a lot with Sister Pierre over there. So okay, yeah. so so she, you all got married, then you you started to you had this experience really um, mm-hmm. that you spoke about. With my love, Jesus's arms open wide. Um, you join Saint Benedict's. You get involved in as a lector. I mean, as a well as a lector and as a cantor. And Mike was talking about music. Is music one way you pray? Like when you sing, sure. and you mentioned the mass. But what other ways draw your heart? What other types of prayer? Well, as far as the singing goes, I also am the guy that starts our practice before mass with prayer. So I say i try i again i don't ever know what i'm going to say when i get up there to start praying and then we have our own little choir prayer of course we say so that's one thing with with that so you're comfortable with spontaneous prayer uh, yeah speaking to god it's just whatever comes to mind i never would have guessed that as a as a perfunctory saint benedict parishioner i've seen you begin prayer and i i always thought it was scripted no it's so fluid Um, no, it's it's um, a lot of times it's not scripted. Yeah. Uh, that in fact, when I get up in front of the choir to uh, pray for our whatever we're praying mm-hmm. for at the time, I pray for people. I like to pray for people who need healing. Mm-hmm. I do that in adoration. I go to adoration once a week too. So I do that in adoration. I do that in mass. I do that just about anywhere I pray is to pray for other people, and I I. Did, I derive a lot from that. Mm-hmm. Um, also, my wife and I used to give stewardship talks around the diocese. We, uh, I don't know, 12, 15 talks around different areas of the diocese uh, on the giving of time, talent, and treasure. And the, the time we have given is in prayer. That's the time part, is time in prayer the talent is what you can give back from your own, you know, self, if you will, from your heart. Mm-hmm. And if you give from the heart, you become a better person, I think. Yeah. I hope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway, that's that kind of had an influence on us. The, the idea of stewardship probably did as much for my growth in the church as anything I've ever done. Mm-hmm. Not to mention retreats like Curcio and Acts, and yeah. I believe in all that, too. Yeah. Now, does anybody ever come into Catholic Charities and want to pray with you? A Catholic Book and Gift? Ca- I mean, yeah. Catholic Book and Gift, well, sorry. some people from Catholic Charities come in, too. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Thank yeah. you for catching me. Yeah. It's early in the morning for those of you who are it's all, it's all, it's all good. Um, yeah, sometimes, not a lot, but, mm-hmm. but, if, but if people have, I do have names of people I've been praying for that have do been in the store. Do you write that down, or do you? Sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I just say, and anybody who has a request from you know, from the store, um, we don't have a lot of that. 
but we do. Sometimes we get into discussions about faith. There are people that are thinking about coming to the church or, you know, and recommending yeah. reading material or something. So um, we do have those discussions have a lot. Have you read all the books? Oh, in your no. Store? <laughs> no. You know, it's, and, and I hate to admit this, but I am not a big reader. Yeah. I, I, I think it's great yeah. for those who do read. Yeah. Um, I read about the books. I don't read books necessarily, mm-hmm. although I do read in adoration a little bit. So right now I'm, I'm working on a little book by Thomas Akempis called Humility. Mm. Okay. And uh, about five or ten minutes in adoration is all I get. Yeah. But it's more of a prayer type thing, mm-hmm. too, you know, and it's it's beautiful. You read a little bit, pray a little bit, then go back we and forth. We should put a link to that book. Yep. I'd be interested in looking it's, at that. It's, yeah. a, it's a, you know... Very historical Catholic classic book. Yeah, Thomas Aquinas, beautiful. You know, imitation. Uh, well, that's what I think of. Yeah, imitation uh, of in, Christ. Imitation of Christ. Available at CatholicBookandGifts.com. dot com. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah, we do that. That website. Um, we do have a store on the website too. We can we can place orders. We can. Oh, nice. We can ship. We can do all that as well, or we can have a pickup in store option if somebody just wants to order it and pay for it ahead of time, and they can come in the store and pick it up. Oh, that'd be great. That's fantastic. You yeah, know, we, we have these questions, and I think we might have mentioned that to you yesterday, that we ask all of our guests. And one of those is, has there been a time in your life when it's been difficult to pray? It sounds like you just have this really fruitful prayer life. You go to adoration, you go to Mass, you you just spontaneously talk to God. And, of course, you're, you're, you work at Catholic Gifts, so That's faith so, is so important. I, I just have been so blessed. So uh, blessed. And I don't understand why. I mean, I've been kind of off the charts a little bit, you know, to the bad side, if you will. But as I've continued to grow um, in my faith and my family and all of that, it just has become very important to be able to talk to God. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, it's, I don't know. Just yeah. I mean, you mentioned the time that you were kind of in college in a way. Mm-hmm. But since you've, has there been a tragedy? Have you been overworked? Has there been a situation where you just found it um, difficult? No, no, not really. Um, it was It was difficult when I was... In college, my parents divorced. Um, I just was not focused on church at all and prayer at all. And occasionally I would pray, but not very often. But uh, as as I grew to understand things, and my my dad died when I was only thirty five. He was that was back in nineteen eighty five. And that probably got my attention a little bit because I'd only been Catholic for like two years. So I kind of was, you know. And then my my mom just passed away in 07. And uh, my mom was a, was a strong Christian, I think. Um, I mean, we still had a lot of fun and all that. But she was, she was a Methodist. I kept talking to her. She loved communion. And I kept talking to her about, if you love communion, you really need to come to the Catholic Church because we have right. Jesus in communion. And uh, so I was talking, but I didn't have enough time. She died mm-hmm. before I could make that total mm-hmm. transition for her. But um, anyway, we had good discussions yeah. and all of that kind of thing, and I probably 
because of her influence, um, that probably helped. Yeah. But but my I just was not around for a long time, you know, yeah. until until Carol and I met. We we I came to the church, and yeah. that was a big. And I've been trying to grow ever since. Yeah. Kind of a stair step. Yeah. Every day, a little bit more. Yeah, a little yeah. bit more. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and and um, I don't I don't pray a lot in public. Uh, other than just private type like choir or whatever, right. but but I do I do say prayers periodically through the day. Um, mainly, if I don't do anything else, I say thank you Jesus, thank yeah. you Jesus, thank you Jesus. So I want to make sure I focus on that yeah. Thanksgiving, uh, thanking God for the many blessings He has bestowed on me and my family. That's beautiful. Uh, I I just sense this great focus on. The person of Jesus, whether in the Eucharist and in, in yeah. Mass or in he's adoration, pretty, he's pretty important. Well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think I could second that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he uh, big influence on me, and you know, it's easier for me to see, I guess, the the person of Jesus rather than you know, I guess God is. I remember in Sunday school in the Presbyterian Church, I, we had a picture of God uh-huh. in the classroom, so I had a foundation. Yeah. But I we didn't really pursue that until yeah. I became Catholic. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on this sure. podcast. This is Glory Be, Interesting People and How They Pray. And often we conclude with a prayer, and okay. specifically a prayer intention. If you could have all of our listeners join you in a single prayer intention, what would that be? Well, I have been, and I've been giving out these prayer cards at the store. I, I buy them and give them out. Because I am also um, very interested in what happens to our country. Mm -hmm. So I have this prayer that I'd like to uh, pray. Mm -hmm. And uh, and again, if anybody likes the prayer and wants the prayer cards, I have them at the store. I meant to bring them today. I'm sorry I didn't do that. But anyway, if we could just pray. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Lady of the Immaculate Conception. Patroness of the United States of America, please help our country. Help us to return to what is decent, right, and proper. Help us to return to respect for ourselves and others, to truth in dealing with ourselves and others, to self-control and self-discipline, and especially to a deep love for your Son and his teachings. Protect us from those who would destroy us from within Our Lady, we place ourselves and our country under your mantle. Pray for us and help us. Amen. Amen. And let's conclude with a glory be. Okay. Glory Glory be to to the the Father, to the Son, to the the Holy Spirit, Spirit, as it was in the beginning, beginning, is now, now, and and ever ever shall be, world without without end. end. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Jim. Thank you so much. Thank you. We'll drive down and visit you at, uh, what, 32nd in 32nd Harvard? 32nd Yale. And Yale. Oh, you sound like leading people wrong. <laughs> so, some <laughs> people like think Harvard. Yeah. Else, but I, it's I, not. It's I, been I, on Yale for all yeah, this time. Yeah, you haven't moved. <laughs> so no. No, well, We're there with lots of space now. So there we go. Glory Be is a production of the Office of Communications at the Church of St. Mary in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'm your producer, Mike Malcolm. See you next time.